Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that loves electricity. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good, Cortland. Electricity brings us together to record this podcast. It does. It does everything. Gives me my voice. Gives me my video games. (laughs) All that stuff. You know, all the rest, too. All the stuff that matters. Yeah. But you Brandon, use electricity to speak. Who is that? Brandon, we got a special <laughs> I the guest. <laughs> I snuck into the it? studio. It's our good buddy, Troy. How are you doing, Troy? Hey, I'm, uh, I'm here I'm, uh, and I'm awake. That's good. It is very early. Yeah, I demand so much of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, first of all, I apologize for all that. You know, for the seventh, sixth, I don't know how many of time. This is our seventh time count. together. Oh my gosh. We're going to have to start putting you in the cover arts. <laughs> you can do a best of compilation. Oh, I probably could. That would take some time, though. I'd have to go through all the episodes. So anyway, Troy, how are you doing this week? Fuck Brandon. How are you doing, Brandon? <laughs> how are you doing, Troy? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll just be quiet. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'm uh, excited for the football game tomorrow. Are you really? No. Okay. Well, Brandon, you probably don't even give a oh, shit about shit. football, huh? It's the Super Bowl, isn't it? Yeah, that's Super uh, Bowl yeah, thing. Yeah, it's February. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever, Brandon? Did you ever care about football? I don't think I've ever heard you talk about football before. Oh, there was a hot minute. There was a hot minute when I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to actively try to care about this. Hmm. How'd that turn out? Well, I, I just realized that it was the Super Bowl right now when you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So that's how yeah. it's going. Well, I doubt that they care about football much in in Australia. I've been to one football game in my life, I think. It was uh, like two rival colleges that I went and saw because I got free tickets. Okay, I almost sold the tickets because they were selling for a good amount of money. But I was like, no, I have to experience this once in my life. I should have sold the tickets, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Deeply regret that still. (laughs) Yeah, I would be so much further ahead in life if I would have just sold those fucking tickets. But we went... And I was, look, I, you want to know, guys, you want to know how I know I'm like <laughs> sloppy and stuff? I, <laughs> like, I don't care. How do you know how you're sloppy? We were at the football game and uh, we had our seats and stuff. And anytime anything remotely interesting would happen, everybody would stand up. And I just wanted to sit. Like, I'm like, guys, if we all sit, we can still see. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> that's how i know i'm <laughs> that's just smart i don't know, I don't know about like, sloppy. Guys, logistically here if everybody continues to sit down we will see exactly everything that you guys see when you stand up because everybody's sitting yes, down you can clap your hands still that still works <laughs> yeah i'm never again this is what i'm trying to say here never again so you didn't show up like shirtless with the letters painted on your body i mean it was cold out, so I couldn't. It was like autumn or some bullshit. Nah, it, it was it was dumb. So like halftime, I was like, honey, can we just leave? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was sitting there. I was, a, I was basically a dad. I was like, eventually this traffic is going to be awful. We should just go now. And it was like <laughs> the first quarter. <laughs> but your wife was sitting there with her face painted. She was like, we ain't going anywhere. <laughs> no, she agreed. And we left. <laughs> <laughs> look i don't All even right. know how football's played okay like things were happening and people were excited and i was like i don't get it <laughs> what's going on <laughs> so yeah not for me not well for when me. the people stand up that means things are going well yeah and then i have to stand up and i'm not there to do squats okay i'm here to learn how to that that's like what happened the one time i went to church people kept standing <laughs> up and singing 
And I just stood up, and I didn't know the words to any of the songs, but I just stood there. Because oh, everyone man. else was standing. Never again. Nah. <laughs> well, uh, enough of this sacrilege, yeah. This blasphemy that we've got going on, man, in here. So anyway, you guys, I watched this episode of Tales from the Crypt. Did you guys watch it, too? I did. I hope we watched the same one. Um, yeah. You know, back in the day, you used to be like, hey, Troy, this is where you can find the episodes. And, oh, yeah, uh, I didn't, didn't do that, did I? You didn't bother this time, but lucky, luckily for you, I got the first two seasons on DVD. Oh, nice. Not to humble brag too hard. Yeah, you're ahead of the game on Tales from the Crypt. So, Brandon and I, you know, we actually watched this episode once with a friend, so it's really wonderful to have you on for this one. We should have invited our old friend, but, like, Troy's better. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's really cool to like watch this uh, episode with uh with two buddies again but troy have you seen this episode before like are you a, a tales from the crypt fan oh yeah very much so you know how i didn't know goosebumps <laughs> yeah well i know tales from the crypt <laughs> that's cool i have to like spoilers did, are there like good things coming our way for tales from the crypt i uh, did you not like this one <laughs> no no i did but like i don't know I don't know how to say, like, does it get better? I don't know how to... <laughs> are there, like, iconic monsters and episodes like there are from Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps? Um, yes. And I'd say this is one of those iconic ones. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let's let's see. What do you think? What did you think of an All Through the House, Trey? What was I mean, your a general big, overview? A big draw of the series is the cast. Oh, yes, that's true. You know, this one is every... star-studded. Every single episode is like it never relents. You know, you're gonna have awesome people showing up like all the time. We're not gonna have Jay Baruchel in four episodes or anything like that, are we? <laughs> hey, I actually think he's a big star. The only actor to do like two episodes is Larry Drake, who's in this one, and he does another one, uh, Santa. Oh yes, yes. Spoilers. And um, I will tell you, there was. An incredibly iconic episode in like season four, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that like won tons of awards. Ooh, really? Um, yeah. Okay. That's, that's one awesome. I want to do when we get to like season four. All right. We'll pencil you in later on. <laughs> it's going to be uh, <laughs> Tim Curry playing like four roles. Oh, shit. Oh, hell okay. yeah. Spoilers, but. <laughs> Watch <laughs> Tim awesome. Curry in anything. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, what did you think of this episode? Did you like it? Yeah. I liked it when we first saw it years ago, and I didn't really remember much except 20 minutes, but uh, (laughs) I liked it now. It's, you know, it's a pretty classic kind of tale. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just just trying to still feel out what kind of vibe Tales from the Crypt is is putting out. Like, as as far as tone, Mm -hmm. and is it going to be all over the place and some episodes will be more campy and some will be more like yes horror ass horror or what i, I think you nailed it it's all over the place okay i'm down yeah, that's there's, awesome there's going to be ones that are just like wicked campy and ones that are you know much more serious I mean, the Crypt Keeper himself is always going to be campy. You know, doing this journey through this podcast, these horror anthology shows, I find that I really like the camp, so bring it on. Yeah. And they actually um, shot three episodes together, like, as a pilot to air together, Hmm. which was last week, this week, and next week's. Interesting. Okay. This was actually... This was actually the first one that they shot. This one is very different than the last episode we watched, too. 
Um, I gotta say, this episode, I like it a lot, but man, everybody's just so fucking stupid in this episode. I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah, the thing with Tales of the Crypt is a lot of times it's like, bad things happen to criminals. <laughs> yeah, that's so, what I was looking for. Yeah. If you like how Are You Afraid of the Dark had, you know, dark endings. <laughs> Does Tales from the Crypt, and I don't know if I want you to answer this, but I kind of do. Does Tales from the Crypt have any happy endings? I mean, it depends on who you're rooting for. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, I don't know, you guys. I think I'm ready to just get into this Christmas story in February. <laughs> yeah, the timing couldn't have been better. <laughs> no, <right. laughs> it just works like magic. Now, quick, I will ask. Have you, so you've never seen the original 1970s Tales from the Crypt movie? No, I have not. I didn't have HBO growing up, so I'd seen that a bunch of times. And they do this story. It's a horror anthology movie, five different stories. Uh, and this is one that they do. Interesting. Um, we have to cover that. Yeah, with Joan Collins is, is, the, is the lead. Iconic. Oh, I'm going to have to watch that. Um, yeah, from Dynasty. Famous British actor. She's 89 and still acting. I don't know what Dynasty is. It was one of the most popular um, TV series in the 80s. I see. Kind of an over-the-top soap opera type. She was in The Bitch? Alright, never mind. She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you guys. I'm ready to get into this episode. Let's get let's get it done here. Alright, let's, let's talk about it. Alright, so our episode starts up with our new buddy, the Crypt Keeper, and he's dressed up like Santa Claus. I love that the first shot is clearly like a little person from the background. Oh, yes, it is, yes. Before it cuts <laughs> yeah. to, like, the puppet from the waist up. <laughs> it is pretty great. He walks into the room, and, and Snow blows in, and he shakes that stuff off, and it sets a sack of goodies down, saying, Ho, 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 kitties! <laughs> I like it when he calls me a kitty. Just your old <laughs> pal, the Crypt Keeper, having a little holiday fun. Why else would I be in this getup? Unless there was a clause in my contract. That's not a clause, you guys. Uh, so he's got this face mask on. <laughs> oh god, so terrifying! <laughs> he looks super creepy. Like he's already like a fucking corpse-looking <laughs> motherfucker, but now that he's like trying to look human, he looks way more terrifying. <laughs> I love it. In the original comic book, you know the Crypt Keeper like hosts those stories too, mm-hmm. and it does open where it looks like it's Santa talking. <laughs> Yeah. I like that. I think it's And then great. at the end, he, like, you know, pulls it off. And he's like, we wouldn't let Santa in this story. It's, it's me. I love it. Okay, I love this next line, too. He says, in fact, I've got some Christmas goose for you. Goosebumps, that is. Yes. <laughs> that was like a good one, Crypty. Oh, shit, we're doing Goosebumps again? Yep. Yeah. Back into the Goosebumps grind. He tears off the mask, and it's R.L. Stein. <laughs> he says, yes, indeedy, a little terror tale chock full of holiday fear. I mean, cheer, of course. So, get a gander of Yuletide something. Yuvyarn? I don't know what he says. <laughs> that goes a little something like this. Did you think he said Yuletide Yuvyarn? <laughs> I don't know what they said. I tried to listen back. You don't know what he that. said, but you assumed it was something that isn't a word? Yuvyarn. Yuvyarn. Yeah, it's like Mushmouth. Yuletide Yuvyarn. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, you guys, it was Twas the Night Before Christmas and all through the house. And that leads us into our tale, which starts up with some very nice Christmassy imagery and got some music that's probably copyrighted. It's Nat King Cole, and he's talking about roasting some chestnuts on an open fire. We get this lovely Mm -hmm. shot of panning from a window showing us a snowy yard with a well in there. 
And then we go inside and we see so all sorts of Christmas decorations, like a big wreath, and there's a Christmas tree and some cookies. There's a piano, and it's all filled with sheet music, Christmas music. And then we see a woman pick up a fire poker. <laughs> I love yeah, this. I, mean, I love this opener. You're shortening it down a bit because this these credits go on for ages. And they do, yeah. And it it's did li- did like last time as well. But it is very mood setting. It did. It, I just think that this uh, scene with the imagery is just so it's it's very Christmas. I love it. Apparently, yeah. I love Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> but it's very nice. Like, the house looks cozy. It looks chilly outside. Like, you just want to eat a cookie and, I don't know, not die. So, <laughs> this woman... As opposed to other days when you want to eat cookies and die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classic, yes. <laughs> this woman, she picks up a fire poker, and there's this dude sitting on the couch, and he's reading some Charles Dickens, saying, God bless us, everyone. And he's like, Right. And I thought that was funny because that's the last line in the book, and he's clearly not at the end of the book. But yeah, oh. like why is he reading that book anyway? Like he's a grown ass man, and there's no kids there, and he's just like, "Hmm, let me pick up Night Before Christmas." He is um, unwinding, Brandon. Okay, uh, it's because he's fucking Marshall Bell, and he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> Look, he likes to unwind in a, with a good book and a glass of wine. Okay, that's what he does. All right, not. Not shaming him or anything, just like, wow. Maybe maybe he's just taking notes for his podcast. <laughs> That's probably what it is, yeah. All right, I get I get it. And anyway, he picks up a, a wine glass, and he looks over at the fire saying something needs to be done about that fire. You got the poker, and the woman who's been pacing back and forth behind him in her red silk rich woman nightie says, yes. <laughs> she turns to look at the man as he says, well, let me have it. She's all, what did you Yub, say? yub. And she raises up the <laughs> poker. <laughs> As the man's all, what are you, deaf? I said, let me have it. So she lets him have it. (laughs) She slams the poker down on his head and it impales him. And it kind of kills him. (laughs) A little bit instantly. Kind of, yes. Kind of kills him. (laughs) And then she she does my favorite thing. She smiles and she says, Merry Christmas, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Merry Christmas, you filthy. I thought the same thing. I love it. I feel like we're going to get a lot of son of a bitches in this show. We got one last episode, too. Oh, you're going to have a lot more, um, you know, fucks and tits in this series than Goosebumps had. More boobs. She goes to pull the poker out of his head, but it's stuck. So she slams (laughs) his head down on the table a couple of times, and finally it literally pops free. That is such a good (laughs) bit. (laughs) Oh, I love it. It's, uh, It's great. A little girl suddenly appears from the stairs, and she's all, Mommy? And Mom's all, Carrie! And quickly hides the poker behind her back. And the little girl demands to know if Stan has been here yet, and if he brought her stuff. And we see the husband is just dead, just kind of sitting there with his eyes and mouth open. And Mom tells Carrie to get her ass back up to bed, but she stops and Carrie's, Carrie's all, But I totally saw Santa. He was outside. That surely won't come back to haunt anyone. <laughs> no, I doubt it. Of course not. Then she tells Joseph, who's the husband, goodnight, and he flops over dead, and Carrie complains that Joseph didn't say goodnight, because they're like, mom's ushering her back up the stairs. And uh, she says, oh, it's because Joseph's asleep, like you're supposed to be. And Carrie thinks that Santa's going to wake Joseph up when he comes, but mom's all, oh, baby. I don't think even Santa could wake up your stepfather. I love, okay, you guys. So she just committed murder that she knows of. Mm-hmm. And I just love it when people are like, I don't think he'll be waking up at time soon. <laughs> like these one-liners. <laughs> it always reminds me of Mr. Freeze or like when the Batman movie where Chill out. Arnold Schwarzenegger is all like, 
He was dead tired. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. In case you haven't seen that movie. Oh, that's great. I thought you were going to have me back on next month to do Batman and Robin. <laughs> ah, it's in the books. Spoilers. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. It's a late Christmas present for you. <laughs> oh. We can talk about the nipples in the bat suit. Oh, all day. All day. <laughs> Mom puts that poker down outside of uh, Carrie's room, and she walks in, and she tucks her daughter into bed, saying, Get your ass to sleep, or Santa ain't coming at all. And Carrie <laughs> complains that she can't sleep because she's too hot. They keep this house at a sweltering 90 degrees. To prove your point, she says, Mom, look, even you're sweating. <laughs> and Mom, Mom goes, Mom, like, brushes the sweat off you're of her upper blood. lip. <laughs> yeah. It took me hours to get the shading right on your upper. <laughs> Mom goes over and she opens up the window saying, all right, let's get this cold-ass breeze up in here for a minute. And the one thing you didn't ask for for Christmas was a cold. Carrie asks her mom what she wants for Christmas, and the camera slowly pans up to the mom as she smiles and says, I already got it, sweetheart. I already got it. Oh, mom, you be Murder. What was that, Mom? Oh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. No, never mind. I said you. murder. <laughs> Just talking to myself. We cut over to Mom, who's picking up the phone, and she boops in a number as some sweet music plays. Like the music in this episode, by the way. It turns out she rung the Vic Monster, who's out partying. <laughs> oh my God! the The Vic Monster requests the caller leave their name, number, and measurements. <laughs> what a great guy. <laughs> Mom leaves her message saying, darling, it's Elizabeth. I know you told me not to call, but I just had to. It's done. I did it. It's all ours. The money, everything. We're free. Merry Christmas, darling. While she say that, she's holding up a letter for the last will of Joseph. This woman is so bad at crime. Yeah, you definitely want to leave a voicemail saying <laughs> she's that. She's not great at it, no. Like I said, you know, my little opener, she makes the worst decisions <laughs> this entire episode. That cuts us over to Elizabeth. She's cleaning up the blood from Joseph, whose head is slumped on the table. She jerks him upright as We Wish You a Merry Christmas is playing. And then she sits next to him on the couch and she grabs a little plastic bag that's wrapped with a bow. And she ties it over his head like a little present. I love it. It's festive. It really is. Once that's done, she grabs some wine saying, And a very happy new year, along with the song. And Joseph kind of like slumps over on her. Marshall Bell is a trooper. <laughs> He gets, like, one line in this episode, and he's just played dead. <laughs> yeah, but this yeah. dead body acting is amazing. Like, Oh, he's great. Yeah. Not since that Weekend at Bernie's have I seen such, <laughs> like, great, prominent corpse acting. Right. He does a really great job. It's really funny to watch him, like, slump over, and it's great. He's awesome. Now we have Elizabeth, and she's dragging Joseph across the floor to the front door. And she's just complaining that he's a fatty and he's too heavy. (laughs) She stops at the door and goes over to grab a flashlight. And then she opens up the door, but it slams against Joseph's dead body. So she kicks him with a sigh and then continues dragging him out to the front door and down a few steps. We stay inside, though, and the radio stops playing that Christmas music and gives us a news report with a little little heads up here, Brandon and uh, and Troy. There. There's a news bulletin this evening for a male Caucasian that's reportedly brutally murdered four women in the Pleasantville area. The woman on the radio goes on about how the man was an escapee from a criminally insane institute that happened earlier this evening and should be considered extremely dangerous. 
Officials also confirmed that the suspect is a heavyset man in his late 40s and is wearing a Santa Claus suit that he stole from the home of one of his victims. All citizens are advised to stay in their homes during this emergency alert. But Elizabeth doesn't hear none of that because she's busy dragging Joseph outside in the snow. You, you want to hear a little trivia? Uh, and also the front door just kind of creaks and closes on its own. Yes, I do want to hear some trivia, Troy. Tell me. So since this was the first episode of the series, they threw in a couple Easter eggs oh, to the um, creators of the old comic books. Um, they mentioned that it's um, Gaines County. Yes. William Gaines was the he was basically like the Stan Lee equivalent to EC Comics that published Tales in the Crypt, Tales in the Vault, um, and created Mad Magazine. I thought Stanley Gaines was a murderer. Am I wrong? William Gaines. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm not too privy on my serial killer, you know, knowledge. <laughs> I hear Gaines. I think it's murder. What do I think? Oh, you're thinking of Ed Gaines. Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. Yeah. They based um, like Leatherface and Hannibal Lecter. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, that that has nothing to do with what I'm talking. About. <laughs> I love Easter eggs. The only thing is, is that I don't know any of them because I've never read any of the Tales from the Crypt stuff. <laughs> I don't seen any think the, the series does to me. Like I said, I think because it was like the first episode that they saw. Are we gonna get any Zebo references? You know, like you know how like Zebo is in at least like every season mentioned. Do they do any of that in Tales from the Crypt? I don't think so. Then what's the point? Why are we even watching this? Oh, the Crypt Keeper is in all of them. Let's just cut this out That's now. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> Stop while you're ahead. <laughs> so now we're outside, and I have to slow down because my notes are like half done. But outside, Elizabeth <laughs> continues dragging Joseph's body, complaining that a trip to the gym wouldn't have killed him. Which I have to say, she could have gone to the gym and gotten stronger too, you guys. With a little weightlifting? Yeah. She should have been. Yeah, they could have both gone to the gym together to prepare for this murder. <laughs> or maybe they would have bonded and she would have not done it. Mm-hmm. But I guess she can't refuse the Vic monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She is under that Vic monster's like sway of things. He's got that hot yub <laughs> Look, first she gave her his measurements and after that it was love, you know? Yeah. Anyway. She's down at the well now, that well we saw at the beginning. She grabs a rock and she chucks it down there. And uh, then she says, how about a nice cold plunge, huh, Joseph? And she goes over to grab him, but Joseph's hand reaches up and grabs her neck. And he pops out of that little plastic wrap. <laughs> she struggles with him for a bit, trying to like reach over at an axe that's just kind of chilling on a log. But she kind of gets away after she pushes her foot into his neck, because that's a good defense. Yeah. She catches her breath and then walks over saying, now you're dead. <laughs> in, in, the, in the distance. Yeah. She states things that happen. We hear a little Christmas bell jingle. She's good with that, yeah. Liz looks around and she's like, who's there? And she takes a few steps saying, hello? As we hear the bell jingle again. And she looks at her front door and the, and the wind makes the bells jingle on it. So that's what that was. Elizabeth turns around. And there's, she's like bums into a dude just standing there. <laughs> he laughs at her and tries to chop her with an axe, but she gets away and she falls on this big wood pile as he chops at her again. She rolls away from, from him to the well and then he like slashes her with the uh, axe, but it tinks against the rocks on the well. And uh, it's really exciting. Liz struggles with this man, but looks over and, and he snatch, she snatches a big icicle that's hanging on the well. And then she slashes this guy and cuts him in the face. And uh, apparently icicles are basically knives <laughs> or something. Oh, in every horror movie they are. <laughs> yeah. 
all the snow and the ice and the icicles are just so fucking fake looking. And I I can't suspend my disbelief. I was looking at her grabbing this icicle and it was like just a piece of plastic taped to this fucking well. And I'm like, come on, man. It does. It looks deliciously fake. I love it. (laughs) Especially later because it's snowing like pretty heavily and and they get fun with it she uh so elizabeth she kicks this dude in the junk grabs his axe and runs to the front door and this crazy santa nearly catches up but she makes it inside and slams the door on his arm and he reaches in and tries to grab her hair and stuff but uh lizzie over here she screams a bunch because she screams a lot in this episode and then remembers that she's got an axe so she hacks at his arm and the dude falls outside to the ground crying and she slams and locks the door so so you went from this woman to the mom to elizabeth yeah. to liz to now lizzie <laughs> look in the credits she's referred to as mom that's that's it. or the wife i think so yeah she looks she said her name was elizabeth she's gonna be called any form of elizabeth from now on <laughs> <laughs> all right so what's betty doing now uh betty she's running over to the, <laughs> she runs over to the phone screaming operator get me the police you gotta help me. You gotta help me. And the operator calmly asks Elizabeth for her location. And she looks out the window and sees her dead husband and is all, My location? It's, uh. And she just stops talking. And the operator's all, Hello? Hello? And then just hangs up on her. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of that. That's how that works. <laughs> I just. Oh, I'm man. being murdered right now. Click. All right, well, I'm just gonna ignore that. <laughs> One of those famous Christmas prank calls. Liz slowly walks over and puts the phone down, and we see the Santa Claus in the window behind her. And he starts jiggling, jiggling at it or something. So she runs over to that that window to have a little better look. (laughs) He jiggles at it? Yeah, like, he jiggles the window a little bit and it makes a noise, so she runs over and looks at it. She stares out this window for a really long time, considering she knows that somebody outside is dangerous. Like, Right, right. The phone rings and she screams. And then she catches her breath for a moment as it rings a few more times. She just shakes her head. And then suddenly, a tire swing bursts through the window and the crazy Santa Claus dude grabs her and starts strangling her. Is that tire swing still attached to the tree? Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Why is it so close to the damn window in the first place? So, I, dude. <laughs> so Santa Claus can use it as a weapon to break in. Even though he could have oh, used the axe that he has. Oh, no, no, he doesn't have the axe right now. He could have used literally anything else. <laughs> could have used those icicles just sliced through the door. <laughs> Lizzie starts reaching for that axe because it's on the table now, and she finally grabs it and uses the blunt side of it to smack him in the head. This knocks out Santa, and he plops on the snowy ground. And it, the guy, like, <laughs> when he gets hit with it, he's all like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> earlier when he gets kicked in the nuggets he go, like goes cross-eyed and the camera goes up to his face he's like <laughs> it's all very cartoonish and uh it's great i love it liz just so this guy just like fell to the ground knocked out and liz just kind of like closes mm-hmm. the wood shutters on the window and that's that <laughs> that's the end of that chapter <laughs> the phone rings again so she answers it, and she's just like, hello? And uh, it's the Sergeant Feldstein at the Pleasantville Police Station. And she goes all wide-eyed, and she blinks a couple of times, because he says like he's checking in on everybody in the area, because there's this crazy dude that escaped. 
And she's all, huh? And he asks if she's heard anything about it on the news. And she's like, no. <laughs> Sergeant's like, well, he killed a couple of people and notifies her that she is wearing a Santa Claus suit. And they're sending some deputies to homes in the area to check up. And Liz looks outside at the Santa dude saying, you're sending the police here? Here? <laughs> Felstein tells her, yep, they should be there in about 20 Where minutes. Where I've just murdered a man? <laughs> Elizabeth freaks out saying, 20 what now? 20 minutes? <laughs> 20, huh? Um, second uh, bit of trivia for y'all. Yes, tell me. Al Feldstein was the um, artist who worked on all the, a lot of the old EC comics and uh, Mad Magazine. That's awesome. I love that. I love trivia, Troy. Tell me everything. Then she looks at the clock saying, oh, okay, uh, is there anything else I should know about this man? And Feldstein says, yeah, he uses an axe to kill people. You should lock your doors and stay inside. She thanks him and then stops to think. She's all right. She's not going to panic. And she takes a seat. And then she looks down at her axe a little and smiles saying, well, she doesn't say it to the officer because she's off the phone now, but she goes, oh, no, officer. I didn't kill him. Santa did it. Didn't you, Santa? Why didn't she think of this while she was on the phone? It would have been great if she did say that <laughs> on the phone. So this this Santa guy kills people with axes, right? Yeah. He used he used their axe to attack Elizabeth. Yeah, he must have dropped his other axe, or everybody has yeah, axes he that he goes to. Grabbing axes at every house and just you know one murder per axe, and then he's out. Pleasantville is the um, axe capital of America. <laughs> uh, of course. <laughs> That's where the axe factory is located. Yes, Pleasantville, known for its axe murders. Well, I gotta say, if this ever happened, I should be safe because I don't have an axe. Whew. <laughs> he would just pass right on by. I did have this giant icicle, though, that was on my, my east trough that I knocked down the other day. So you're saying if you murdered your husband, you'd be okay? Yeah, I'd, I'd have an alibi for sure. I don't even have an axe. <laughs> <laughs> but officer, I couldn't have strangled him. I don't have an axe. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it, officer. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your secret Santa. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything that we've got. We're just so thankful for you spending some time with us. We're well on our way into Tales from the Crypt now, and the response has been wonderful. Sounds like people are really excited for us to dive into this show, and the support from everybody has been really amazing. So I just wanted to say thank you again for staying with us as we transition from shows. To help support our show, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash private island. We post plenty of great content every week, like early release episodes, bonus episodes like our plot points, behind-the-scenes videos, and more. We recently got a suggestion to do Patreon-exclusive live movie watch-alongs, so I'll be taking a look into that, and hopefully I can get something scheduled here pretty soon. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Venice Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, and Preston, the Silver Goth, Steven, Mr. Normal, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, Brittany, Rachel, and Meredith, the Golden Day Days, Sarah, Matthew, Faith, Christy, Angela, and our newest patron, Keith, and the Platinum Boss 6, Kathy, Fair, and Bryson Bryan. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. As you probably know, we officially hit 100,000 downloads a few weeks ago, and we wanted to do a giveaway for the fans. I gathered up a bunch of things that I think really encapsulate what our podcast is all about, and we're giving them away. 
We had a ton of entries from all across social media, and it was just so exciting. From Instagram to Twitter to Facebook and more. So, I entered each and every participant into a random selector, and I did randomly pick a winner for the giveaway this morning. Our winner is Matt from Facebook, so congratulations, Matt. For up-to-date information on any giveaways or announcements or pretty much anything, give us a follow on Twitter at UANpod and on Instagram at UpAllNightPodcast. We've got our Facebook group, our Discord server, TikTok channel. There's a lot of avenues to get in touch with us. You can interact with me live on Instagram on Wednesday nights, where we watch full-length episodes of horror anthology shows starting at about 7.30 p.m. Eastern. I also stream on Twitch pretty regularly, so give me a follow there. That's twitch.tv slash privateislandc. I go live at least every Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show. Aside from this theme, Dating Star from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. That's all I've got for right now, so I'll let you get back to the episode, and I will talk to you later. Bye, everybody. We zip up to Carrie, who's in her bed, and she just kind of like moves in it. And then we look, uh, we like pan over to her open window because Mama forgot to close that damn window. She's getting cold now. Over with Elizabeth again. She's walking outside, you guys. Yeah. She's really good at this. <laughs> she makes the stupidest decisions. She props the door open with a shoddy little umbrella holder. <laughs> and she walks over to Joseph. And she readies the axe to chop down on him to make it look like Santa murdered him. And there's this fun part where she like chops down and she misses. So she lifts it up again and tries again, but she misses again. And we look over at her door shiv, but that shit ain't doing much. And uh, it's kind of shaking in the wind. So, you know, that's going to close a third try with the chopping works this time. And Liz lays the axe right into Joseph's head. Just as the door stopper gives way and the door slams upstairs, Carrie hears the door slam, but she didn't hear her mom screaming at all. And she excitedly (laughs) wakes up saying, Santa, it's selective hearing. Yeah, this little girl has the worst selective hearing imaginable. She didn't hear her window shatter, but she heard the door kind of slam a little bit. uh, (laughs) Oh, this kid. Liz grabs her flashlight from the ground and takes a look at Joseph and her handiwork and then goes over to the steps leading to the front door. But she drops her keys, which gets sucked into a hole in the floorboards with Carrie upstairs. She looks out her window and she sees the impression of a Santa man in the snow because he's gotten up and she looks disappointed. And then she goes back to bed. (laughs) She wanted Santa to be passed out on the ground. She was waiting for it. With Liz, she hears some jingle bells as she starts to rifle through Joseph's body, looking for keys. And the dude right now is just absolutely covered in snow when he wasn't like a moment ago. Covered in fake snow, you guys. (laughs) Yes. It looks so plasticky. Yeah, It does. It's still, you know, it looks fake. And I live in an area where I actually get real snow and it's definitely fake. But I just love the imagery, you guys. I think it looks so cozy. Except for, like, the dead body and the demented Santa. You just want to live in this house, don't you? It's a really nice house, you guys. <laughs> it's decorated all to the D. Look, they got a piano. I don't know, man. The doors are falling apart in this place. I, Look, the windows I, suck. The doors are it's awful. It's a fixer-up. There's holes in the, the walkways and stuff. But they do have a yeah, piano. The house eats your keys. There's a, there's a tire swing right next to a giant window. Like, this place is a death <laughs> trap, man. <laughs> 
And that's the thing that this series has over Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps. There is production value. True. <laughs> like, you can tell the, you know, the, the budget is like 10 times an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. You know, I was going to save this more towards the end, but I feel like, you know, we talked about this before we started recording. It does seem that there's more of that show, not tell kind of thing. Whereas in Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps, they kind of had to, like, work harder to make the story through telling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The only part of this episode that I thought was the opposite was when she was like, now you're dead. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I think for the most part, these episodes tend to be more, like, isolated and just focused on, like, one thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And so if you're you're spreading that one thing out to 20 minutes, uh, there's 20 more minutes. room to, like, breathe and really, like, soak it in. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's kind of... One of the things I was really excited about was to see, like, the creativity of, like, an adult horror anthology show. And I think we're definitely going to get a lot more of it. But so far, the episodes have been a bit contained. Like, last episode, I kind of knew exactly what was going to happen the entire time. And this one I do, too, but I think it's still more fun. Anyway she stops a few times so we're, we're back outside with liz she stops a few times to look around since there's this maniac that's pretty close by but uh she finally finds the keys that uh that joseph had in his wallet or his pockets or whatever she walks up to the front door and then stops to have another look around which again takes a really long time considering there's a maniac about to you know trying to kill her here but uh there's some kind of like sneaky music going on and then a big pile of snow just plops on her head and with that, um, she goes inside and she takes her coat off and slowly walks over to pick up the phone. And she calls the operator again, and when they answer, she screams, The killer! The killer's here! Please get the police! I, I, I knocked him out! He killed my husband! And the operator calmly asks for her location, and she's all, My location? Uh... <laughs> Ten Axe Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She looks outside and we see Joseph's axe is gone. Like, he's been... I don't know. What's the word when you, uh... Remove? No, I was going to say when you, like, <laughs> disturb a dead body. What's that word? You guys know what I'm talking necrophilia? about. Necrophilia? What do you say? No, <laughs> when you, uh... I don't know where you're going with this man. Desecrate? Defile? Yeah, he's been defiled, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he has been. <laughs> okay, fine. His ex is gone, and he's in, like, the, the family guy, like, dead body pose, okay? Yeah. Okay. The operator calls back for her, but she just, like, drops the phone, and she runs over to the window, and he, and she sees that the Santa is gone from where she left him. So she runs over to the phone on the desk, yelling, he's got an axe, and he's outside, oh god, please hurry! And she tells the operator that she's at 12 Lori Lane, and to please help her. And, um, they ask her to stay on the line, and if she's got a weapon in the house, and Liz is all, Joseph's gun! So Liz runs to the closet to grab Joseph's gun, that just kind of on top of a shelf that she can't reach the door behind this part is so goofy the door behind her slams shut so she tries to open it but the doorknob <laughs> pops off so she tries to put it back on but that like ejects the doorknob out oh of the out of the door from the other side and it plops to the ground to be fair mm-hmm. there is an open window and it is windy with that like, like on the upstairs so i could see why the door would shut behind her Okay, yeah, and also the the main big window broke, and the right. the wooden clappers that she locked it with were the flimsiest shit that had holes in it anyway, so it's definitely a breeze. Yeah. Say what you will about this episode. That door shutting, it's logical. It's just so, like, cartoony 
how the it's the, the door handle, handle off. Yeah. <laughs> launching <laughs> like a rocket. <laughs> Subtlety is not this series uh, forte. <laughs> this closet, though, you guys, it's got a window in it. So we look outside the window and we see a ladder get set up and crazy Santa Claus starts climbing it. <laughs> he looks into the window and smiles at Liz. And then Liz remembers that she left Carrie's window open and starts banging on the door trying to get it open. And we cut outside with Santa, who looks up, and Carrie opens up her window some more, saying, Santa, I knew I knew you were there. Come on up. I've been waiting all night. <laughs> oh, come on, you silly Billy. I got some tea for you. Oh, my God. I, I come love, on in. We'll dish. I, I love this little girl when she talks to Santa. But she could have grabbed the gun and shot Santa, because he is very slowly walking up this ladder. But instead, she just sits there and bangs on the door. Like, she couldn't like reach said, like, it. Yeah, but she yeah, could have tried a little harder. High. She could have jumped. I don't know. <laughs> you expect somebody to jump. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. She could have used the doorknob to stand on that and then reach because she was like basically right there. <laughs> Alright. We we saw where the gun was because we got, you know, a camera angle from the top, but she doesn't uh-huh. know where it is up there. Alright, that's fair. Guess that eliminates all of my complaints. It's literally the one thing I can't blame her for in this entire episode. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, that's a good point. Liz starts banging on the door some more to get out instead of grabbing the gun and shooting that maniac, like I just said. Because I put that <laughs> in my notes. <laughs> As Carrie begs Santa to come on up and not slip, Carrie starts harassing the Santa, right? <laughs> she calls him a big slowpoke and tells him to hurry up. And then Carrie demands to know where her presents are. <laughs> Santa slowly makes his way up the ladder. He grabs for her arm and Carrie does the same, trying to help him up, and he slips a little, which was kind of weird that we'd be like, oh no, he's going to (laughs) fall. No, not Santa. But we cut over to Liz, who bursts through the closet door and runs through the kitchen. She takes a moment to move a chair out of the way. (laughs) And she races upstairs, calling for Carrie, and opens up her room. But the window's open and nobody is there. Um, One of the things that I do love is that Carrie's all like, Get all up here, you big fat Santa. (laughs) She's trying to usher him up. You fat sack of shit, get up here. (laughs) Here's the best. I like that this, like, 20-pound girl is supposed to pull him up over the window. (laughs) Yeah, because they even said in the episode that he's fat, you know. And then she holds onto his hand, grips it tight, and she's like, Where's my presence? (laughs) doesn't give her any so she lets go and he falls like Mufasa (laughs) I love it while we're in the room we hear Carrie call for her mom and Liz runs out of the room and down the stairs and in the foyer she sees Carrie and is all oh thank goodness but Carrie smiles saying see mommy I told you Santa would come and he didn't even come down the chimney I let him in And Santa, who's holding Carrie's hand, just kind of walks into frame and smiles at Liz as the door blows open and causes a big old mess of snow. And the dude takes a step forward and we zoom in and his face uh, where the icicle cut him isn't there anymore. And he says, naughty or nice. Liz is just crumpled over on the the steps, just screaming over and over again at him. Over and over. He's still got blood from the cut. I don't think I've seen any, Troy. There is. All right, I'm going to take your word for it. They they don't leave in, like, the cut wound, but they leave, have, like, the blood stain. Like okay. All right, so that's fair. That's fair. 
it's it's not quite um, the continuity is a little off, but it's not like forgotten. Well, you know what? He is a maniac, so I wouldn't be surprised if he has Wolverine regenerating powers too. This end, we've got a Santa with Wolverine powers. <laughs> <laughs> He's heavy set and is also a mutant. <laughs> He's immune to axe swings because he got his arm chopped a bit too, but he's fine there. That's kind of the end of the tale, though, because we fade back over to the Crypt Keeper, and he's got an axe in, in his hands, and he's giggling, saying, Well, how is that for a scream, boys and ghouls? Don't worry about little Carrie. I like this part. This particular Santa preferred older women. In pieces, that is. Well, it just goes to show you be very careful what you axe for for Christmas. You might just get it. And he laughs. I love it. I like that they had to like be like, don't worry, the kid didn't get hacked to death. Yeah. I, I it's think it it's dark, match. but it's not that dark. And that was um, basically a line from the original comic book back in the 50s. It's nice. I like that they added that. I thought it was well. It was just, it reminded me a little bit of uh, Tale of the Dark Music when they were like, don't worry, the sister didn't die. <laughs> but yes, she did. Oh, she totally did. And it's like, don't worry, he didn't murder Carrie Ann. He just kidnapped her and she lives with him now as his elf. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that he escaped and then the police were there like five minutes later and they see him. They were on the way. Yeah, it had been definitely like close to 20 minutes by that time. Actually, if you the clock continuity shows that. Ooh, ooh clock continuity. Yeah, they actually, there's a clock in the background that's like 8.05 or something when she's on the phone. But then at that very last shot when Santa's in the house... There's a grandfather clock or something that shows that it's like 8.30. Whoa. The son of a bitches. <laughs> the sons of bitches. Taking way too long. <laughs> what, are the, what are we paying taxes for these police forces back in 1989? God. That's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's your right-wing <laughs> anti-authoritarian podcast. Oh, brother. So anyway, that was the end of the episode. What did you guys think? What did you guys think of this one? It was, it was a good one. I liked it. I love it. Four out of four. It was a good episode. I liked it a lot better than the first one. It was so much fun to watch. I liked watching it back when we watched it the first time, and I like watching it now. Yeah. Turns out good things, still good. <laughs> Stand the test of time. Yeah. So did you just not care for the first episode? Uh, it's not that I didn't care for it. It was just weird. Like uh, Yeah, it was weird. The music the first was episode, odd. especially. The um the part where you just like stopped and talked to the camera a lot was kind of kind of weird. Weird choice for like the pilot episode but i guess this would be the pilot episode now that we have new information uncovered from troy yeah if you're watching them all together it's probably different yeah i think and you'll see next week that's got a different vibe too so i think like all they chose like three episodes that would kind of show what the series is going to be i like that i like cool because there are certainly campier episodes in this so let's see. What do you guys think would be, um, you know, the moral of the story? Well, that one's really hard to parse out. So many, uh, so many to choose from. Every single thing that Elizabeth did, just do the opposite. Yeah, she does everything wrong. So instead of putting a poker in your husband's head, pull a poker out of your husband's head. I mean, if there is one in there, then <laughs> yes, probably. I would. I would say the moral is um, don't uh, don't fall for the Vic monster. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Your life's going to be ruined if you fall for the Vic monster. Don't tell me what to do, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, guys, the real moral of the story is don't kill your husband, right? Right? Don't tell me what to do, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, that, that's that's a good one. <laughs> nah, moral of the story, though. Santa Claus doesn't come in through the chimney. He comes in through uh, an up- upstairs window. You gotta grab him. But while yeah, you're doing that, make sure you harass him and be like, where's my fucking presents? <laughs> How about you check check your door handles regularly to make sure that they're even, like, a tiny bit attached to the door. <laughs> you, don't, you don't do monthly door handle checks? <laughs> <laughs> I have a guy for that. <laughs> It's the Vic Monster. Uh, don't put your tire <laughs> swings too close to your giant windows. They're going to break them every time. Seriously. <laughs> a giant pendulum right next to your, like, floor-to-ceiling window. <laughs> you think they would have just cut off the rope and had him thrown it? Yeah. It just makes complete sense. But They should have had him ride it in. <laughs> During that entire scene where she's looking out the window, like, seeing where he's at, he's just sitting there, pushing the tire swing back and forth, like, letting it gain momentum until it finally shattered. <laughs> but she just ignores that. Yeah. What's he gonna do with that? <laughs> Let's see where he's going with this. If somebody asks you where your location is, just, like, stop. <laughs> don't answer them. That's all I got. I don't know. So, yeah. so, That's a lot of morals. Alternate titles for this one. Um, they did the you know the whole like plan on words here. It's called and all through the house. What do you think some alternate titles for this episode should be? Well, I mean, there's some Christmas horror pun stuff like Santa slays, Violent Night, which is a movie now. So I'm probably gonna oh my god, that was hilarious. Did you see it? I haven't seen it yet. It's it's Die Hard with Santa. <laughs> That's pretty good. I've never seen Die Hard, Troy. <laughs> what? This comes up so much. Well, you know, I think it comes up to anybody that's never seen Die Hard, right? Well, I mean, like, why don't you want to have something nice in there? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just haven't seen it yet, okay? <laughs> I'll no? work on it, okay? I'll work on it. No, you're not. I promise. I'll, look, I think you promise you. There, I did it. Next time I'm on here, you will have seen Die Hard? I mean, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you <laughs> that Piggy Palm promise is worth shit. <laughs> look, uh, it means look nothing. before I die, okay? Before I die, I'll watch it. Alternate episode title though, uh, Crazy Santa. How about that? Bad yeah. Santa. Twenty minutes. Uh, bad twenty minutes. <laughs> twenty what's? Twenty hunts now. <laughs> uh, Terror and Pleasant View. Pleasant Pleasantville. 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 All right, that's all I got, Brandon. I'm done. I'm <laughs> I got Troy. nothing. That's all I got. Let's now, meet this cast. We didn't have a lot of people, right. but we had a lot of great people. Yeah. Why don't we start with the Crypt Keeper? Because we didn't talk about him last episode. There's oh, not really? Many, not many characters in this one. So so the Crypt Keeper is voiced by John Kasser. Unless I'm saying his name. Kassir. Kassir. Uh, yeah, he played the Crypt Keeper. And man, has this guy done a lot of work. Well, he's such a great uh, voice actor. Oh, yeah. he's Most of his work is done with voices like he's been in uh he was in bayonetta 3 last year oh, that nice. was his most recent role still getting it yeah he is he was in curious george uh he's in uh the dog days of winter days of our lives he was in one whole episode in 2018 which i can't believe that's still going on pete's dragon rick and morty a lot of i can't believe that's still going on then. oh i look i heard that there were some things going on with that but i haven't i'm not i haven't really watched uh Rick and Morty. I love it. He was the voice of the Crypt Keeper in 2012 for Tales of the Tales from the Crypt: New Year's Shock and Eve. Didn't know that the was a thing. What was that? 
Was he also the voice of the Crypt Keeper for Tales from the Crypt Keeper? Ooh, that's a good the question. children's version of this HBO series? Hold on, let me keep scrolling. He was in Johnny Bravo. He was in uh, The Simpsons. Buzz Lightyear of Starkman. Cat Dog. Harriet the Spy. No, wait, I'm sorry. Let's actually just ask Harriet. My bad. I just filled it. I seen Harriet. They automatically fill it in. <laughs> Veggie Tales. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, um,. There was eight episodes of Tales from the Crypt in two thousand. There was there was um like a radio, yeah, radio drama, drama that they series. did. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, he was in that as well. I don't see Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Oh yes, I do. He was also the Crypt Keeper there too. He's been in everything. Okay. Yeah, he's, sounds like it. At any time the Crypt Keeper is there, he's there. Yeah. Now the other thing about the Crypt Keeper, because we respect um, like the special effects guys, mm-hmm. um, Kevin Yeager created the uh grip keeper puppet um, well in nightmare on street part two he solidified the look for freddy krueger wow that's a lot he worked on the original child's play in chucky that's awesome i've seen behind the scenes stuff of that it looked like a lot of work he actually met his wife on child's play he married Catherine hicks he's the mom <gasps> oh i love Catherine hicks oh yeah it's a shame yeah, that she favorite. isn't in any of the other child's play movies i gotta say i'm hoping she comes back for the series Oh, me too. Have you been watching it, Troy? Yeah. I, I love it. I think it's great. So, yeah, Kevin Kevin Yeager, though, is one of those is a big name in you know, special effects makeup crew and everything. That's so cool. And as you can see, I mean, the, the Crypt Keeper puppet is top-notch. I mean, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It really is. Super good. Next up, you guys, we have Mary Ellen Trainer, the late Mary Ellen Trainer. Uh, rest in peace. She played the wife, or Elizabeth, or Lizzie. Or the mom, whatever you want to call her, that was her. It's a lot of roles in this episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mary Ellen Trainer. She was in a lot of good stuff too. You know, Freaky Friday. Okay, yeah, I love that movie. All right, uh, Lethal Dope Weapon shit. Four as well. Lethal as Weapon Three, Lethal Weapon Two, and Lethal Weapon. <laughs> yeah, all the Lethal okay. Weapons. <laughs> yeah, that's she's good. the so like not, psychiatrist that works with them. Yeah. Running her name through the mud, being like she was in Lethal Weapon 4, and that's it. <laughs> she was in all of the above. She was in Ghostbusters 2, The Outsiders, Death Becomes Her. You know what movie she was also in? Tell me. Die Hard? She was in Die Hard. That's yeah. right. <laughs> She's I see in that Die now. Hard. She was Gail Wallens in Die Hard. She was in The Monster Squad. I want to watch that movie. And The Mom and the Goonies. She was The Mom and the Goonies. She was in Cheers. She was in uh, Crazy Like a Fox. I don't know why I said that one like I knew what it was. She was in Scrooged. <laughs> I like Mary Ellen Trainer. Yeah. She screams a lot, but I like that about her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Said the serial killer in Trainer. <laughs> Jeez. She does have a good screen. She's also in Forrest Gump. She was Jenny's babysitter as an uncredited role. Next up, we have Larry Drake. Oh, I love Larry Drake. The late Larry Drake. Unfortunately, he passed away as well back in 2016. And uh, that's our Santa. Well, what did you love him from, Troy? Tell me. Um, besides Darkman and Darkman: The Return of Durant, um, he was Doctor Giggles in Doctor Giggles. Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing. Come on. It was Doctor Giggles. I love that movie. So Doctor Giggles. It's a horror slasher like comedy. What is Darkman? You've seen Darkman? No. Oh, Liam Neeson is a scientist, and. Larry Drake is a mobster who like burns his face, and Liam Neeson comes Ramey up with this joint. technology where he can take 
he can take photos of people, map out their face with a computer, and it, like, prints their face. So he's able to, like, become other people in his quest to get revenge. It's kind of a comic booky type action venture. Ooh. Sam Raimi directed the first ones. I love Sam Raimi. Oh, Dark Man is, is great. There was, like, three sequels that are all shit. The first one is awesome. <laughs> Maybe look. Uh, maybe I'll watch it. Who knows? You're getting a list of things you got to watch mm. now, Corlin. <laughs> I know. Uh, he was in the Karate Kid. He was in um, 1971's This Stuff Will Kill You. What else was he in here? Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Code of and Avengers. I mean, he was on like L.A. Law for like ten. That was one of the huge like Law like, TV series. 1987 to 1994 is in 144 episodes. Yeah. God damn. He was in Bean, you guys. Mr. Bean. And the TV series Prey with Deborah Messing. We got two more characters here. We'll, we'll go with the husband next, Joseph. played Marshall, by Marshall Bell. Bell. Yeah. Marshall Bell, he's still alive and kicking. Oh, yeah. He, he's got an ad for something. Like, I've seen him read, like a lot. And it's an ad. I phase out ads when you have to see them. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where did he start his career? Let me keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. A lot of stuff. Well, the reason I fell in love with him... Was uh, he worked on a movie that. that Kevin Yeager worked on? Nightmare, Nightmare on Street Two? Two, the gay one. He was was he the coach that gets whipped with like towels and stuff? He gets whipped to death nude in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After after finding the team boy to in an S and M club, he brings them into the school to like make him work out. This is the only Nightmare on Elm Street I haven't seen. Oh, well, you've seen that one scene. I've seen, yeah, I've seen, because I watch, like, people, like, you know, talk about the movie and stuff, and they can't not talk about the scene where this man gets his ass whipped <laughs> with towels, you know? In a, in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, this man gets whipped with towels to death. Yeah, it's classic. Well, that was his second role. <laughs> it's a pretty big one to be Mark. Well, let's see, what else has he been in here? Uh, Total Recall. Total Recall, huh? Please tell me you've seen Total Recall, Cortland. Uh, is that Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Yes. I think I've seen it. Is that the movie with the, the woman with the three nipples? Yeah, and Marshall okay. Bell opens up his chest and yeah, the mutant... Not just the nipples, she has the whole the whole boob, Cortland. Yeah, the, the mutant's living in his chest. Plato. Oh, my bad. You know what, though, you guys? He was in The Silence of the Hams. Have you seen that, Troy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've seen it? Okay. He was yes, I have. No, agent. I haven't. <laughs> yeah. It, Dom DeLuise plays the Lecter character. It's a spoof. You, you were about to, like, you thought you got me for a minute. <laughs> I mean, look, I only played that I thought I got you. I had a feeling you've seen Silence of the Hams. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, Starship Troopers. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> He's in a lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah he is. Hamlet too. I liked Hamlet too. I don't. I'm a sucker for Elizabeth Shue. I haven't seen the first <laughs> Hamlet, you guys. I just looked at Madeline Shue, and yeah, you do love her, don't you, Brandon? She was in the Boys. Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got her Boys <laughs> character mixed up. She's Madeline Stillwell in it. Yeah. My bad. My bad. She was. All right, last character, you guys. The little girl. Carrie Ann, yep. played by Lindsay Whitney Berry. Let's take a look and see what she's been in. She's a Back to the Future Part 2, you guys. Was she the car? <laughs> she was the uh, hoverboard girl number two. And her last yeah. role, she's only been in three things, Tales from the Crypt, Back to the Future Part 2. She was in Murderous Vision, a TV movie, where she, be- she played Clara. That's I, don't, I don't think it's any great loss to the acting community. No. 
Uh, so that amount of rolls fits her her talent. You guys are mean. <laughs> I loved it when she was like, get up here, you big fat Santa. <laughs> Look, it's Where's a funny line. <laughs> I loved it. I thought that was a great episode. I'm excited. Let's see what's next, okay? Yeah, What's what's what do we got? Oh, boy, Brandon. This one's an interesting title here. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's called Dig That Cat. He's real gone. <laughs> what? Say that again? <laughs> yeah. Dig that cat. Dot, dot, dot. He's real gone. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't, I don't know. know what to do with this information, Corey. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Uh, that could be literally anything. <laughs> uh, maybe, is it about some kind of thief on the run? Perhaps. I accidentally read the description a little bit. Do you want me to just read it? Sure. All right. It's very short. It says, a bum displays his ability to resurrect himself. Oh, okay. So not at all. (laughs) No. But the title, you know, kind of reminds me of, like, the poetry reading slams, you know? Dig that cat. He's real cool. Yeah. Yeah. Are we on the right track, Troy? Um, which track? <laughs> poetry. Poetry no. <laughs> oh. no. No, no, no. Okay. We're on the right track from the short description that IMDb gives us, though, right? <laughs> I did almost choose that episode because the last episodes I did was about cats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, no, I can't. be the cat guy. I couldn't resist doing this. this I mean, it's it really works out because we've seen it originally with our buddy and... It's really cool to see it again with another buddy. Oh, yeah, yo, joy sweet. But uh, yeah, I think um, I think it's gonna be fun, Brandon. So I think this one's gonna be ham as hammy as fuck. Silence of the Hams, right? It's uh, Joey Pants. Oh, Joey Pants. What are you talking about? Joe Pantoliano. Who the fuck is that? Joey Pants. <laughs> oh my god, Corey. Did I stutter? <laughs> <laughs> he was in an episode of Chucky. All right, yeah, where okay. he played. Joey Pants. I don't know. This is all going above my head, you guys. Not gonna lie. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. That's next week. You know what? I've had enough of this. Troy, I gotta say, thank you so much for joining us again this week. I had so much fun talking about it all through the night. Oh, oh my god. Thanks for having me. I'm excited that you guys are doing this series. There's I know you started with like a rocky start. It, it's gonna you're in for a in for a whirlwind roller coaster ride with this show i'm really looking I'm forward to it i'm i've i just love the dynamic of like where we've gone with the show you know i grew up with are you afraid of the dark brandon grew up with goosebumps both of us know of this show but we've never really watched any of it i've seen maybe two more episodes than what we're we've gone on through so I'm really looking forward to all the creativity and the fun and the swearing and and the boobs <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see the boobs. I'm here for the boobs, you guys. <laughs> the 1989 through 1994 boobs. And what's especially good about that is how you're talking about the visual element that isn't lost at all during the podcast. Try. I don't know if we want you back on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Troy, what have you been doing? You want to plug anything? You didn't plug anything last time. I feel like you got to know. <laughs> no. Come on, you got your own podcast out there. Tell everybody about it again. It's going to be great. All right, so here's the thing. I fell way behind on it. I am hoping to get back and, and do it again. Now, you um, have you finished up your Are You Afraid of the Dark rewatch with Aaron yet? Oh, no. <laughs> Where are you guys at right now? Um, I did more artwork. 
I mean, I want to see our drives. That's what, I'm ex- that's what I'm excited about. If that's all you care about, then <laughs> I do hope to finish um, the, the artwork at some point. I've been working on oh, crazy artwork and um, getting a lot better at it. So next couple, when I do finish Are You Free of the Dark artwork, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be like the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Yeah, Gary's going to be staring at you from anywhere in the room. Make the Mona Lisa look like shit. (laughs) Well, I can't wait to see it, Troy, I gotta say. So, did you want me to plug my podcast? (laughs) Yes, of course, go for it. Alright, so I have a satirical podcast in which I play two characters Mm -hmm. who talk about movies, sort of like how you guys talk about the shows, just kind of go through episodes and make fun of them. We almost did that too, I love it. It's called... A lonely gay boy and his co-host discuss horror movies, but not the good ones. That was what we were going to call the podcast. (laughs) You you thought better of it? We were like, oh, no. (laughs) We should just go with something shorter. (laughs) Every single um, article or piece of advice is like, choose a short, snappy title. You know what, though? It makes it stand out. Yeah, that was my thought. Plus, if you're confused about what a lonely gay boy and his co-host discuss horror movies but not the good ones is about title says it all then, then there's something wrong with you, you right say. <laughs> yeah. then you're not actually listening and what the hell are you doing <laughs> so yeah i uh, i voice the characters if you've ever listened to me on this show and thought wouldn't it be great if troy's humor was like darker and more adult well i gotta say troy thanks so much for joining us again for tales from the crypt we'll have to have you back on Probably before we get done with this show, I'd say, right, Brandon? We got a long time to go. We yeah. got like a year, so we'll just plan that one out a year ahead of time, right? Um, I, I want to do the uh, Tim Curry episode. And you said that was in what season four? I I want to say four. Yeah, you can have it. Well, we'll we'll have it. We'll come back on for that one. It'll be fun. <laughs> but you know, I, I gotta say, Brandon, Troy, I've been up all night. I think I'm about done here. Yeah, especially since we stopped talking about the episode thirty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the real meat and potatoes talk about happen something. afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> about the actors. <laughs> but I'm out of here, Brandon. Bye, Troy. Thanks again for joining us. I will uh, talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye everybody. You can't